0: Welcome to At the Table, a play reading series, brought to you by Charging Moose Media. In this episode, we're chatting with the cast of The Very Furious Kugel by Claire Bierman. Enjoy.
1: How was the play, everyone? Is that a good intro? What a great play!
0: (laughs) (laughs) For you listeners at home, we record the interview first, but we don't release it that way.
1: And uh, this is how we ease into that confusing idiosyncrasy. We kill it. I am about as excited as I've been in 10 weeks at this very moment. That's true. You are. That is. That's true about me. Because I get to spend a little bit of time talking to two of my favorite artists, creators, actors, writers, people on this whole planet and also on the Eastern Seaboard. So thrilled to be talking to our two performers today, Michael Kostrov and Sherry Edelin. Michael Kostrov, thanks so much for coming in. Can you tell everyone who you are?
2: I'm Michael Kostrov. You did great. Okay. That was fantastic. <laughs> I'm glad, I, yeah. I don't know what else, to, what, what do you want me to tell you? Where?
1: Are, so Where are you right oh, now?
2: I'm in the loft of my brownstone on the Upper West Side of New York City. And I'm here because it's the quietest part of my apartment. It's also the warmest, which is why I'm <laughs> wearing shorts and a linen shirt.
1: You, you wore your, your tropical loungewear just for us today.
2: Absolutely. I'm trying to bring it back. That's thrilling. What do you want to know about me? Like, do I need to recite credits?
1: Yes, I, no. I want to... No, don't, please don't recite credits.
2: Please don't recite credits. Good. If
1: you Do you mind if I tell the folks at home about how you've participated in my quarantine.
2: As long as I don't have to list my own credits, I'm happy.
1: Great. Michael Kostrov is one of the funniest humans I know. Actually, that's the through line of the two people that we're talking about. Two of the funniest performers working today, and I have been lucky enough to get to work with both of them. Michael Kostrov, you have seen his wonderful work on so many of your favorite shows. So Dustin and I have been in quarantine re-watching The West Wing. We watch Plot Against America. We watch Studio 60. You've showed up in several others. Where, what else have you been watching?
2: You're trying to trick me into listing them, aren't you? I, uh, yeah. Um. No, no. <laughs> won't do it. Don't do it. Don't fall into the trap. I'm not going to do it.
1: Every time that we are, like, having a little bit of a, you know, a glum moment about, like, we miss our friends and we do this. Like clockwork, you show up in a plot on the show we're watching. And it is so comforting, it's like you've been visiting.
2: Well, it's funny also because you introduced me as a funny person and on TV I play like, it's just wall to wall serious and also terrible people, like terrible (laughs) characters mostly. Um, And I, I feel like, you know, you're in that small clique of people who know that comedy is where I live, but it's not what I do on TV for the most part. So it's funny. Well,
1: don't you think that's sort of a numbers game?
2: Um I don't know if it's a numbers game I, I I think it's very random and just the way things went I you know I famously played a lawyer on the wire and so after that it's been a parade of lawyers mostly horrible horrible people so you know it's a living
1: I couldn't be more grateful for it because it's just been really nice like it honest to god has felt like you're the friend who's been able to come over during quarantine truly truly and it's been very exciting because we both shout michael at the screen when you show up we get very it's excited very about
2: distracting it. honestly during my performance i hear you and it's very distracting oh
1: <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> you're right i didn't i didn't properly consider that and i apologize no, it's all right um you're also a brilliant writer. Have you been working on any of the projects that I know you've been
2: kicking yeah. around during this quarantine? You know, before we went on air, I was just about to say I support the idea that nobody should feel obligated to be productive during yeah. this. You just have to go with whatever you're, whatever. I think everybody gets to do it the way they do it. I've been strangely busy, strangely productive. I'm working on my fourth book, which is a big, big, big mother project. And I didn't feel like I had to do it, but I kind of went, you know, I enjoy the process and I'm, I'm writing a book that I think should exist, which is a stage actor's handbook. There's no such thing that covers our traditions, our superstitions, our protocols. Yes. The stuff that you learn by making mistakes and somebody more experienced in the cast going, uh, yeah, 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 you don't want to do that. You you don't know? do that. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. We have traditions like take the fucking note. How do you learn take the fucking note? You learn to take the fucking note by making a big mistake in front of a bunch of people. So I'm working on that book. Yeah, I've been busy. I've been teaching an acting class, which is also something I never planned on doing. Strangely busy and, and strangely okay. That's the most confusing thing of all is when people ask how I am, I'm like, I'm okay, which doesn't make any sense right now.
1: You know? No, I be- very very therapy. But, like, I think it is okay to be okay, right? Like, there's a little bit for me a guilt attached because I'm like, yes. well, a lot of people aren't okay, so I shouldn't be okay. But, like, right. as that's we're me. currently healthy and we're lucky enough to have, like, a little bit of money coming in and getting that sorted out, like, the day-to-day is spending time in our home, which we enjoy. So that's okay, you well, know?
2: it would be if we're not for the fact that today's play is so Jewish that guilt yes. is just, you know... I mean, it's so Jewish. It's kind of built on guilt
0: from the top. Correct.
2: So I think it makes sense that we're all feeling terribly guilty about whatever it is we're doing at any given time. So have I? <gasps> have we sufficiently a- answered the, the first question? Who are you? <laughs>
3: yes.
1: Yeah. <I>, <laughs> okay. I think we're really we're really pulling back the curtain. You know. Okay. Uh, generally, our first question for a lot of this or our next question has been, how are you? And like, "What? how are you coping with this and how is it going and all of that? So you're just so good at interviewing. But I
2: gave you a twofer.
1: I really yeah. appreciate it, especially since it's only a three-question interview. <laughs> 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 but the third question, and I really am excited about this uh, for both of you. We have a tradition on this show of asking, what is your favorite snack? It has sort of morphed through this time and through this process to be more specific to what is the snack or food that's really the secret hero of your particular quarantine. So what's the, what's the one you're going back to time and time again? What's the thing you're craving?
2: This is really, really, really easy. Great. Hard-hitting journalism. Yeah. And it's been true every time I've been sort of going through a depression and it's nachos. Um. Nachos will fix everything. Yeah,
3: yeah. nachos. Like,
2: it doesn't make sense that it would actually work, but it actually works. Like, I, something about that combination of things, I feel like I can go on, like I can cope and things might be okay. Michael, as a
0: fellow lover of nachos, can we have a quick discussion about,
2: for you, like, what is the nacho? What's the cheese? Do you have a specific brand of tortilla chip? Talk to me about toppings. The
0: accoutrement.
2: Okay, my general food philosophy is the more items, the better, so I like lots of things on it. a great philosophy. I'm a big fan of, like, Uh, a ground turkey or chicken nachos. The main thing for me is burn. Mm. The way Mm. that I cook is I put my pan on high and throw things in until they burn. So burnt nachos, if there is smoke coming out of it and there are ashes, that's the nachos that I want. (laughs) (laughs) The one that they go, oh no, we have to remake them because they got, I'm like, don't, do not, do not remake them. Bring those out. Do not remake them. I want black around the edges of the chips. I want the cheese bubbling like it's been in hell. I, oh, that's, that's, wow. you know, I, I Are we a, are we a
0: spice person? Like, are we talking like a mozzarella? Are we talking like a pepper jack? Like, where do you live? Who are you?
2: Nachos have to be made with cheddar and jack. Great, that's all I wanted to know. You can't make. Who are you? Mozzarella nachos?
1: Well, it is a time of it is a time of crisis. So, if that's what you have in the house, I'm going to put them on chips and put them in my face.
2: But what kind of arugula and white wine, kind of? <laughs> nonsense is that no no, I'm, no he's so I'm,
1: calling you a new england snob net and i <laughs> i personally think like sure
0: you know as someone from portland maine he's not wrong
2: yeah cheddar or jack and I, I yeah i love spice so give me the jalapenos give me the spicy salsa if there's a green salsa involved extra points you know mm-hmm. well, michael you and i are going to get along just right? fine if people ever see each other again, we are gonna sit down for a plate of nachos.
0: Oh, hell yeah. We're gonna. I'm gonna take you to all my favorite nacho joints in the city.
1: This is an important meeting of the minds too because this current Zoom meeting is peopled by diner people. And I, oh. I thought that that would be I love an important thing for when we're all in the same place again. I want to see what happens when you all try to order at a diner at the same time. Like, I want to see what the table ends up looking like when the four of us are at a diner.
2: It's interesting. I, this is very, very, very honest and not a joke. The two things that I miss the most are hugging people and having a meal at a diner with a friend. 100%. Oh, my God.
0: A, a ceramic mug coffee and a diner is all I want.
1: Yeah. Those are the two things I miss, too. I miss hugging people and sitting at a diner booth having the diner coffee.
2: Now I'm depressed.
1: No, 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 no. We're going to do it again very, very soon. I can feel it. And we're not done talking about diners and comedy because we're moving to Miss Sherry Edelin.
3: Hello, friend. <laughs> Hi, Rachel. How are you? I am good. I I am good, you know, considering.
1: Honestly, I feel like sometimes those things are said like mildly. That's not nothing right now. Right, right. <laughs> like, can you tell everyone who you are and where you're um speaking from?
3: I am Sherry Edelin and I am zooming from fredericksburg virginia which is about 40 miles south of dc and of course i met you rachel through dave at arena stage
1: and when i showed up to do dave at arena which i was so thrilled i always wanted to work at arena a friend of mine texted the first day and said who from dc is in your cast and i sent your name and she wrote back in all caps Sherry Edelin is DC Theater. Oh my lord. I mean, I went to a, a diner, oh, <laughs> I went to a diner in the middle of the run, and I was talking to folks from Signature DC, yeah. and they had asked how it was going and who from DC was in the show. And when I mentioned your name, the folks from Signature DC spent 20 minutes talking about how oh my God. you were the most brilliant most thoughtful most inspired actor they had ever gotten to work with um that they would put you in anything any day of the week but since i forced michael to listen to his resume i just wanted to force you to sit there and listen to the praise of your reputation in you know in major theaters you are you are the queen of these things uh for those who are fans of dave the movie there's a very very famous scene there's a tour guide who brings everybody into the Oval Office, a tour group into the Oval Office, and has this really wonderful comic moment of getting everybody out of the Oval Office with, and we're walking, and we're walking. And uh, we would always have to pause the show for a second because Sherry would get so many laughs that we couldn't move on to the next beat.
3: <laughs> it was very well written, you know. <laughs> so, it was. I mean, comedy depends on that, so for sure. Yeah, it was great fun. I'm afraid though that we're we're living through so such worse times than the scandal in that play now. Yeah. So I still think it's a great show and wonderful, and but I don't know. We'll see. They're still trying to find a home and etc. But. I just don't know, Rachel.
1: It's interesting to me how many shows will all of a sudden, which are currently in development, will suddenly feel like nostalgic pieces. Right. But I do wonder if that won't be a nice thing when Broadway is back up and running, when theater is back up and running. There's almost no way to address what life is like post-COVID in theater without making a show about COVID. And they can't all be that. Right. Uh, and they shouldn't all
0: be that. God, I hope they're not.
1: Hope not. But we'll need life after COVID in order to write shows that are about other stuff in life after COVID, right? So in some ways, I wonder if it won't feel like a benefit that we've got comedies, we've got, you know, small, beautiful pieces. We've got lots of different types of theater that's been in development that's all of a sudden going to have this kind of really, this air of nostalgia about it.
3: Right. That's going to feel
1: like it's from a different timeline.
3: Even going back and watching West Wing, Michael, you know, it it almost makes me cry to see it because it's like, oh, it feels so... Um, it's
2: nostalgic. I mean,
3: yeah, almost childlike in a way.
2: Can I have, can I stick in a question? Sure. Please. Sherry, I need to know what, what is the room that you're in? Cause it looks like your your walls and ceiling are carpeted. Is that true?
3: Right. My husband built a sound little sound booth down here because ah. he's going to try to do books on tape. I'm in the basement of our house and he's working on doing, you know, we're all looking for different things to do. So he built this and I'm actually the first person to come in here and actually do something.
0: Mm, I'm glad we could test this market. Sherry's husband, yeah.
1: Tom, also a brilliant actor who saved the day. We had one of those crazy theater emergencies a, a, that Tom wonderfully came in and saved the day. The the brilliant Doug Sills had an emergency appendectomy right before previews for Dave.
3: Wow. Right. That's right.
1: His understudy, um, the brilliant Jared Bradshaw, learned the part and went on and we were short one in the ensemble, and Sherry's husband, Tom, learned the whole show in, what, a day and a half, two days? It it was wild. And then Doug Sills was wonderfully okay and very healthy and came back to the show, but it was it was one of those things that you hear about happening, and it was like, yeah. oh, but we're really doing yeah. this. We're really all going to be on stage in front of people. It was extraordinary.
3: It was. Good time.
1: Yeah, we're going to do it again. Not that part. Doug Sills only had one appendix. <laughs>
2: As far as we know, as far as we know.
3: I was going to say, Rachel, that um, we live further down from D.C. because Tom grew up here and this house was gifted to him years and years ago. Oh, wonderful. But because I'm isolated here, I'm used to being isolated. So that part of the whole um, virus scene has not really affected me much. I don't find myself missing folks because we've been busy with all the things that we have to do on this property sure but I do miss I do just like you I do miss having meals with other people other than Tom <laughs> yeah no offense to him but it's just like, oh, no he's great yeah yeah
1: I love Dustin with all my heart but I miss meals with other people I do
3: <laughs> we've been trying to FaceTime with folks while they're eating or have cocktail hour with folks while they're just to stay in touch with folks.
1: How how do you find yourself? Coping is wrong, I know, but addressing kind of the day to day right now.
3: Right. We're just trying to do all the things in and around the house that we never get to do because we are always so busy. So in some ways, that's a gift. So we're trying to just embrace that. Like I say, I've been cooking and cleaning and quilting and gardening and bush hogging and going to stop you there. What's the last thing? Bush hog. You're on a tractor, and it's a very large mower on the back of a tractor that can go through like high brush. And this time of year, when you're out there for the first time of the season, the brush is high. So you put the bush hog on the back of the tractor instead of the... That sounds
1: so fun.
3: Tom's amazing. When I watch him do all this Farm stuff. I'm like, you never cease to amaze me. How you know how to do this? You just
0: air quoted farm stuff, but I, I want to <laughs> point out that it it That's is farm, farm stuff. stuff. It is. And the air quotes don't quite. Well, any I didn't sense know here, how Sherry.
3: to how to you <laughs> separate that from me. You know because. I'm the one that's not, you know, so familiar with the farm life. Maybe in this new world
1: order, you're a farmer, Sherry. Like, maybe that's another mantle that you can don, you know? Maybe your farmer is part of your multi-hyphenate, you know?
3: I do. A good day on the bush hog, because you get a lot of thinking done out there. Yeah,
1: sure. i use this word
0: incorrectly all the time, because it's really good to say. What, bush hog or farm stuff? Yeah. Bush hog. It's bush hog.
3: Oh, Lord.
1: And I could talk about bush hogging all day, but (laughs) is there a food, a snack, a meal that you find yourself going to all the time during all of this craving, making,
3: thinking about? Well, there's actually two things. I'm not a big drinker just because it always hits me hard and fast. So my husband's learned how to make very light drinks for me. So I have actually been drinking more than I have in my life and margaritas are the drink
2: yeah <laughs> oh yeah and it goes mm. with nachos
3: it does it does, it does go, with, go nachos. with nachos but unfortunately i've been eating it with laughing cow cheese and i'm sorry
0: don't you ever apologize for laughing cow cheese
1: <laughs> yeah as
3: long as you don't put it on nachos michael's fine with it uh-huh. <laughs> it's just on a cracker or on a chip or a multi grain chip or something or
2: or in my uh, hands with no dressing I, <laughs> right I, i've just checked that's totally admissible that's totally okay yeah, 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 yeah. as long mm-hmm. as it's not checked laughing, with the judges if it's if it's not laughing cow nachos we don't uh, take up arms just yeah
3: sure. you can put laughing cow on a
2: nacho wait no i didn't say that um, <laughs> <laughs> you heard it from michael costa no!
3: first folks. no I've heard it melts well, like in mac and cheese. I heard it does, like, emulsify.
1: I have found during the course of the last 10 weeks that if you are dedicated enough, lots of things can emulsify well for mac and cheese.
3: (laughs)
2: Just a matter of time.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I am really an explorer of the outer limits of mac and cheese possibilities. And that's how people know me i think now
2: yes
3: would you say yeah has it traveled all
1: the way down to upper the upper west side
2: (laughs) every time i google you that's what comes up
3: hey i was i know you're a bourbon gal yes have you had the widow jane yet (gasps) i love widow Widow jane Jane. yeah
2: widow jane is lovely
3: i started drinking it during dave because a bunch
1: of the bars in dc had it
2: right i love bourbon is it is it just a a bourbon brand
1: they're a brooklyn small batch they're great
0: yesterday i uh i cooked off a pound of peppered bacon and then I took the bacon fat and I've been infusing it with a bottle of really nice bourbon for the last oh, 24 hours oh, or so. Come I'm gonna on. I'm going to make a really lovely bacon bourbon now, in about three days. Now that's just an unfair thing to
2: mention when we can't come over.
0: Bacon on nachos.
2: Bacon on nachos is, a is a totally nacho. alright.
0: Chef's kiss for sure.
1: Totally alright. Kostrov approves. Ned, would you say that that's your big food find of the week? Is the bacon and no, my
0: food find this week. I actually, so I said this to Sherry and Michael before we started recording. uh, But you know, as we talked about in previous episodes, uh, you and I both have sourdough starters at this point, and um, we have taken to making sourdough waffles for breakfast. Oh, and those waffles are delightful.
1: They're also easy. Once you have the starter, there's like nothing in them.
0: Damn simple. Uh, I had them for breakfast today. I'll probably have them for breakfast tomorrow. My gut hates me and I love me. And it's fantastic. This is fantastic. This Rachel, fantastic. what about you? What's what's your food fine snack of the, of the last week?
1: So this past week was uh, my partner Dustin's and my seventh anniversary. And he knows one of the things that I have been saddest about is New York is many things to me. But the top two are people and food, right? Those are the things that make it so worthwhile to live here, I think. Because there are plenty of reasons we know that it is a little bit of a pain in the ass to
0: live here. It's a disaster to live here. But
1: but people and food, for me, make it uh, like a no-brainer of a, of a thing. And it's been hard without them. So we did two things. We haven't been leaving the house very much because we're very close to a hospital. It's very busy in our area. Um, but we put masks on and full layers and everything for maybe the fourth time since we got in this quarantine. And we walked down about a mile and a half. uh, We found a bagel place that was doing locks, capers, onions, you know, everything bagels. So we did bagel sandwiches for the first time in two months. And it was awesome. And then that night, he knows that the place I miss the most kind of emblematically of New York right now is a institution down in the East Village called Veselka, which is a very old 24-hour Ukrainian diner. So it's got a big diner menu, but it also has the cakes and the pies, and it also has pierogies 24 hours a day. That's their big oh. thing is borscht and pierogies and kasha, and oh, it's the greatest. So Dustin got a grocery delivery and figured out how to make pierogies, and we made them on our anniversary. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. awesome. So good. What do you say, friends? Ned can cut this part out, but let's uh, let's read a play.
0: You've been listening to At the Table, a play reading series. Produced by Charging Moose Media. We are hosted by Rachel Flynn and Ned Donovan. Our artistic director and senior producer is Rachel Flynn. Editor is Ned Donovan. Associate producer is Megan Bagala. Music by Marcus Thorne Bagala. Thanks to our cast Michael Kostroff and Sherry Edelin. To learn more about them, visit our website at chargingmoosemedia.com/slash at the table podcast. Be sure to listen to our full playwright interview episode releasing next week. You can find us on social media at At the Table Plays. Please connect with us. See you next time.